Hello there, just a quick note before we get started. This episode discusses sexual assault and violence, which some listeners may find upsetting. In the summer of 2007, the disappearance of a three-year-old girl shocked the world. Three-year-old British girl who's gone missing in the Algarve area of Portugal and she went missing last night. Hundreds of people have been searching for the girl. She'd vanished without a trace. Words cannot describe the anguish and despair that we are feeling as the parents of our beautiful daughter, Madeline. Despite the global media attention and the vast amount of money put into the investigation, the truth behind what happened to Madeleine McCann remains unknown. Portuguese and German investigators are convinced they know who abducted Maddie. In 2020, a German man by the name of Christian Bruckner emerged as the chief suspect in her disappearance. The new suspect in the Madeleine McCann case has been described as strange and intimidating by people in the Portuguese village where he stayed around the time of the child's disappearance in 2007. While the investigation continues into his suspected role in the McCann case, Christian Bruckner has now been charged with four separate serious crimes, including an attack on an Irish woman in 2004. We're assuming that the girl is dead, and the suspect, we're talking about a multiple sexual predator, has already been convicted of crimes against little girls and is serving a long sentence. I'm Connor Pope, and this is In the News from the Irish Times. Today, just who is Christian Bruckner? Derek Scally is the Irish Times Berlin correspondent. Derek, we'll get to the fresh charges filed against Christian Bruckner and his status as a suspect in the disappearance of Madeleine McCann shortly. But before we do that, can you tell me a little bit about him? I mean, who is Christian Bruckner? Well, Christian Bruckner was born in Bavaria. He's 45 years old, um, said to be one metre 80, so that's about five foot nine, blonde hair, blue eyes. There's a picture of him, a mugshot going around the internet, quite a a striking gaze. Um, He claims to have been a caterer, but um, from all reports, he seems to have been basically a petty criminal by trade, um, seems to have earned his living through drug dealing, break-ins into houses, into cars, trading in stolen passports, stolen goods. And um, he had, I guess, what you could call a transient lifestyle, living in Portugal on the Algarve coast between about 95 and 2007, and mostly near the resort where Madeleine McCann went missing that year in, in 2007. Neighbours in Portugal said he seemed to be a very angry person, permanently angry. He seemed to have had uh, an underage girlfriend or a rather young girl coming and going from the house. And he's already had sexual convictions, uh, convictions for sexual contact with girls and also with a woman. We can talk about that later. But he was extradited from Portugal in 2017, reportedly after a drug trafficking conviction. And he returned to Braunschweig in Germany, where the investigation against him is centred. Now, he is serving a prison sentence in Germany already, and that's for the rape of a woman in her 70s in Portugal in 2005. But he was only convicted of that crime in recent years. How did that conviction come about? As far as we can tell, um, there were two men he seems to have been friendly with in Portugal, and they've been identified um, using their last initial, as they do in German investigations, Manfred S. and Helga B. And I take a, a rather good guess that those are two German men, very German names. And they seem to have been in and out of his house in the Algarve, and they are believed to have stolen a video camera with tapes inside from his home. And 
from what we can gather, it was the material on those tapes which have led to a lot of these investigations and convictions. And the problem is that the tapes allegedly so showing uh, sexual assaults and rapes and so on have disappeared. So um, this seems to be a, a crucial issue for the convictions, the fresh convictions. But the evidence we seem to have so far was enough for this conviction uh, against before uh, raping a 72-year-old American woman in 2005. So, so he was convicted of this crime. Was he convicted of the crime in Germany or was he convicted of the crime in Portugal? He was, the, the crime took place in Portugal, but he was convicted in Germany and he's serving a sentence here. And I was asking German prosecutors about this. Why is it possible for you know, a crime to take place somewhere like country number one with a citizen of country number two and to be convicted in country number three. And they said, well, you know, in Germany, we can prosecute German citizens who commit crimes abroad. And um, because Bruckner lived in the Braunschweig region, which is near Hanover, uh, before he left for Portugal, then the, the Braunschweig state prosecutor is responsible for any complaints against him. A suspect in the disappearance of Madeleine McCann has been charged with several unrelated sexual offences, including the alleged rape of a 20-year-old Irish woman, 45-year-old Christian... So now Christian Bruckner has been charged with four more very, very serious crimes. Can you tell us a little bit about those fresh charges? Yes, there are some horrific charges. Uh, we needn't go into all of the details, but um, perhaps the most prominent uh, case from an Irish perspective is... Um, is the case of Hazel Bean, an Irish woman who was acting as a holiday rep in Portugal in 2004. Around 3am on the morning of June 16, 2004, a man broke into her apartment. He was masked, he had a knife, he bound, gagged her and assaulted her sexually for over an extended period and filmed all of the assault. And then he, he fled over the balcony and Hazel managed to free herself and ask for help. And the scene of that attack is just a 30 minute drive from where Madeleine McCann was abducted. Hazel Behan waived her right to anonymity as a victim of sexual violence in a bid to help others struggling with shame or stigma. In 2015, she gave a harrowing account of that night in the Algarve to Ryan Tuberty on RTE. I don't know how long I was asleep for, but I was woke by somebody calling my name. Um, I was lay on my stomach, so I kind of turned around and... There was a man dressed in all black, in black tights and like what I can only describe as a leotard and um, a black leather mask with a really big machete knife, I'd say about 12 inches long. And he was calling me to wake me up. Your name? Yeah, calling me by my name. Did you know who he was? Did you recognise his no, voice? Or no, he, he spoke English, but he spoke English with like um, a German accent. Like he, he sounded to me of that kind of area. Derek, Hazel's case is one of four new charges brought against Bruckner this week. What are the others? So that was the attack in 2004. There was another attack sometime between 2000 and 2006. This was filmed on one of these videotapes. The attack seems to involve a woman aged between 70 and 80, also in the Algarve region. They don't seem to have any more details because um, it's just uh, they, a, a description from what these two men, these two friends of Bruckner alleged they saw on a tape. A third attack around the same period, sometime between 2000 and 2006, 
involving a violent sexual attack on a 14-year-old girl, apparently in his own living room. And then there are two cases involving minors, uh, girls aged 10 and 11. Uh, one a case took place in 2007, the other 10 years later, 2017. And they both seem to have involved him exposing himself and sexual harassment of these girls. And um, those are, are the fresh cases that are the fresh uh, indictments that have been put to him. And what have his defence team said about these new charges? Um, his defence lawyer, Friedrich Fulscher, has said he's amazed by the indictment. Uh, he's been given access to the material in the last 12 months, all the material that the investigators have collected. And he says, to quote, he spoke to the Bill tabloid here and he says the, the, the prosecution seems to have left out all the exculpatory aspects of his client, anything that might make him not to be the man they claim him to be. And they said it was based almost exclusively on the statements of uh, what he called two dubious witnesses, the contents of missing video recordings. There also seems to be some confusion over whether or not the attacker uh, and Christian Bruckner are the same person because, as far as I understand it, Hazel Bean said she saw some sort of a scar or mark on her attacker's leg and uh, Friedrich Fulcher has said his client has no such mark. So these are a lot of details that will probably have to be worked out whenever this case comes to trial. Uh, we don't know how soon that will be. It's a highly complex case. The defence mm. lawyer says he still hasn't seen all the materials. So this has already dragged on some time and it could really drag on some more. And what has the prosecutor been saying? The prosecutor has been saying very little. Um, they're saying it's, uh, it's a very difficult case. Um, they've been saying they've been working on a uh, sort of a three-way case with British and Portuguese. I was in touch with the prosecutor, Christian Volters, about the case of Hazel Bean. And he said that you know, he didn't want to go into the details of the case, but uh, they found her to be a very convincing witness. And despite the ordeal that she went through, um, they didn't really see any contradictions in the evidence they, that she gave. And they also said this includes her description of, of the attacker. So he didn't want to go into any more details about this scar or this mark mm. on the leg. But um, he just said in a, a, every sense of the word, he said to me, she is a very credible witness. Um, she has spoken, obviously, of of the attack in great yeah. detail and how she decided to come forward again and her great relief that this case is now being taken seriously. It should be said, though, it's, it's not the only case, let's say, there, there are other open cases against her. There's obviously the Madeleine McCann case that we will probably come to, but he is also under investigation for the, over the disappearance of a five-year-old German girl called Inga Gericke, and she, she disappeared almost eight years to the day after Madeleine McCann vanished in Portugal, short, uh, not, not too far from where Bruckner was living in Germany. He had boasted, this um, Bruckner had boasted to a friend at the time that he'd like to take a little something, his words, uh, and make it disappear, catch something small and use it for days, were his words, and then dispose of the evidence afterwards. This girl, mm. Inga Gericke, um, she in no way as famous or infamous as the Madeleine McCann case, but she's also a girl with a family and wondering what happened to her. So whether it's Madeleine McCann or in Germany, there are cases um, involving or potentially involving Christian Buchner. Uh, so even when these four cases are dealt with, there's probably more to come. Thank you. 
Wir beginnen mit einer Nachricht, die es in sich hat. Im Fall Madeleine McCann, dem dreijährigen... Last year it emerged that Christian Bruckner had become a suspect in the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. I mean, I wonder very briefly, Derek, could you remind us of that disappearance, like when she went missing and what were the circumstances surrounding her disappearance? Yes, Madeleine um, went missing on the 3rd of May 2017 in Praia de Luz on the Algarve. Uh, she was there on holidays with her parents and siblings. The Foreign Office spokesman has said that he understood the girl's parents had gone to have dinner once their children were asleep last night, but returned to check on them only to find that the little girl had gone missing. The girl disappeared sometime between shortly after 9pm and 10pm. At this point, Bruckner was living almost permanently in the, in the Algarve, in a house near where she vanished, um, or brought him into the case. Several things on the 10th anniversary of her death, uh, he reportedly boasted to a friend that they were sitting in a bar and they saw pictures of her on the television, appeals for information from her parents. We request that anyone who may have any information related to Madeline's disappearance, no matter how trivial, contact the Portuguese police. And he said to the friend, or reportedly boasted to a friend, he knew a lot about that vanished girl. That friend tipped off the police. That led to a long uh, three-way joint investigation by German, British and Portuguese police. The last real breakthrough was a phone call that investigators say Bruckner made around at about 8pm local time on the evening Madeleine McCann uh, disappeared. They also released the phone number, um, the phone numbers involved in the call. One of them was uh, apparently belonged to Bruckner and they would asked the person who would have taken that call on May 3rd, 2007, around 8pm from Bruckner to come forward. And they're saying, we're not sure that they're a suspect. Uh, we just need to know what was that phone call about. So he was nearby and he was making phone calls around that time. But I do think it's important to say he still hasn't been charged with anything. He's been, his name is being bandied about as, you know, the man who abducted Madeleine McCann. But he's still, um, despite his criminal record, he is, uh, yeah, innocent until proven guilty in this case. We're assuming that the girl is dead. And the suspect, we're talking about a multiple sexual predator. The other unfortunate thing you need to say is that the German prosecutors have come out quite bluntly and said they don't really believe Madeleine McCann is still alive. So, but there's no body and without a body, um, you can't have a murder conviction. So that's the reality of the Madeleine McCann case. So he's facing conviction on these four cases, but the Madeleine McCann case still remains open. Do we have any sense as to what shape that investigation is? is taking or has taken since he first became linked to it? No, it seems very difficult. I mean, the McCann's have been very public about this and they've had their ups and downs with the Portuguese police. They seem to have had quite a bit of hope in the German investigation um, just because Bruckner was living there and there seemed to be a pattern. Um, but from what I can tell, it's it's all just quite difficult. It's, it's an terribly burdensome situation for the McCanns. And I think um, by the Germans, by Mr. Walter coming out and saying he thought Madeleine McCann was dead, I think that's kind of what many people would have thought, but it's, it's something else when you say it in public. So that was quite a blunt uh, claim to make and um, you know hope is kind of what's been keeping them going all these years so it's just a very difficult case but on the other hand um, they would say it's it's an example of European police cooperation. Now the story of Madeleine McCann is undoubtedly one of the most high profile cases missing person cases in this part of the world has it had the same degree of prominence in Germany 
And is the level of interest in that case as high as it would be in this part of the world? No, it's curious. Um, while I have been here in Germany all that time since she disappeared, I've always looked in on the Madeleine McCann case with sort of a mixture of, of fascination and horror because it seems to have become about so much more than just this little girl disappearing, the images of her, the heartbreak of the family. Um, and in some respects, I have to say, there almost seems to have been a huge amount of explo- exploitation. She sort of fitted a bill of what the, the British um, tabloid and mid-market press were looking for. Sort of, She's becoming a an icon for something far bigger than herself. And um, particularly uh, the Daily Mail has you know, made millions out of this case. And you know, they're pushing buttons, I think, deep in people in England. Obviously, the disappearance of a child, a blonde child. You know, there's been arguments about, about all of that. What's interesting in Germany is it's, they have tougher privacy laws. So yes, they do do stories about um, missing children, but they, 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 there isn't quite the same invasion of privacy and exploitation. Um, you could say, well, the McCanns have come public, but they have really been put through... Uh, the ringer and the microscope, you know, they can't do anything really without being um, examined and uh, probed by the British press. In Germany, you don't really get away with that as much. The Bill tabloid would have done a certain amount on various missing uh, missing uh, children and their parents and so on, but never never the same, um, well, let's put it in a neutral way, rigour. Uh, the rigour of the British press is quite unique, I think, in this. Interestingly, Christian Bruckner last year wrote a five-page letter to the Daily Mail, possibly his greatest fan, uh, describing himself, ironically, as the biggest villain of all time. And then he said he had, even though he had, quote, done nothing, well, almost nothing. And in that uh, latter, he said he'd been involved in drug dealing and break-ins uh, since he was 17. And, quote, he had done a few things with children, end quote. And, but he insisted he'd never attacked anyone since he was 18. And he said, quote, I've made a few stupid mistakes when I was younger, but who hasn't? So he seems to be playing a game with the Daily Mail, just as the Daily Mail seems to be playing a game with its readers and also the McCanns over this case. They, of course, will claim they're just interested in justice being done. But, I mean, the Madeleine McCann case has become far bigger than that. Um, And it's gotten quite ugly in some respects. The German reporting on this, there is a sort of a distant interest in it, but it hasn't really become the runaway story it, it has become in the UK. And what about the most recent charges against him? Has that been headline news in the German press? Yes, I think so, because this is no longer just one case that hasn't even come to prosecution. This is something that will now become big news. Um, but again, also as a as a suspect, he he has told a lot about himself in this letter to the Daily Mail. But all in all, um, he has also given quite a lot of privacy. Um, his, his surname isn't used in the German media. I'm not even sure. I think Bild is using his picture. Uh, the built tabloid, but nobody else is. So there's just kind of a culture of restraint and um, that until somebody is uh, convicted, you don't really parade the details too much around because uh, particularly in a case like this, it could also be, be traumatic for the victims to see all this. So there does seem to be a certain amount of uh, consideration there, but there's also tighter legal restrictions. So while it has mm. been reported, it hasn't sort of been uh, sort of a feeding frenzy the way it has been in the UK. If he has nothing to hide, then why doesn't he talk to police? The prosecutor's office has to prove that uh, a suspect had committed a crime and not the suspect has to prove that he hasn't. His lawyer is sort of a high-profile celebrity lawyer. Will your client ever cooperate with the investigation into Madeleine McCann? Before our uh, client um, starts to cooperate with um, the prosecutor's office, 
uh, you could uh, order um, holy water as a long drink in hell. He said this is all just uh, nonsense and um, he says he's looking forward to his day in court. So yes, I mean, I'd say but at the latest by the time it comes to court, maybe the, the German press will lose all restraint. Um, certainly when the British press appear in court, it will probably become one of the biggest cases, I'd say, since you know the Joseph Fritzl or um, Natasha Kampusch cases, the Austrian cases of girls and sellers. It has all of the elements. It's still, though, a tragedy. It's for, for these women, for um, for the parents of missing children. It's still a human tragedy for all of the for all of the media frenzy. And finally, I mean, I know you mentioned that it's a very complex case and, you know, the wheels of justice in Germany move quite slowly. Do we have any sense as to when he might appear in court charged with these uh, most, most recent crimes? And uh, like, do, do we have any kind of timeline in place there? No, um, usually when when prosecutions go in, um, the the defence have already had a look at the files. In this case, the defence say they haven't seen all of the files and some material is being withheld from them. But I imagine, I'm only guessing here, I imagine it will be sort of early spring, March or April when it comes to trial. But this is happening in Braunschweig, which is in Lower Saxony. Each federal state has its own legal system. So they all have their own internal clocks. In Germany, it, in Berlin, for instance, it can take some time. I think in other federal states are a little bit quicker and um, they can prioritise cases. So I imagine it will be a spring trial. That's it for today. This episode of In the News was produced by Aideen Finnegan, Suzanne Brennan and Declan Conlon. We'll be back on Monday.